Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six-foot-five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, Hartman's still going. Inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And we've got some breaking news. Odell Beckham Jr. goes to the Baltimore Ravens. That was a bit of a stunner. He was scheduled to visit the Jets later today. Doesn't make it here. This is exactly the scenario that happened with Calais Campbell right before he signed with the Atlanta Falcons. And so to break down the Odell Beckham news and a couple of other tidbits that have popped up, our friend Justin Freed, the managing editor over at the Jet Press. Justin, thanks so much for coming back on the show, man. Of course, dude. I always appreciate you having me on. Let's talk some Jets. Always fun talking Jets with you, Justin. I didn't expect to have this conversation with you about Odell Beckham today, though. I thought a couple days from now he would make his decision and we would be discussing whether he signed with the Jets or not. Instead, he goes to the Baltimore Ravens the day before he was expected to come visit the Jets. Signs on Sunday. Today is Monday. He was scheduled to fly in and go to Florham Park. That meeting doesn't happen. Ravens sign him one year, $15 million, with another $3 million in reachable incentives. That is a lot of money for a player who is about to turn 31, hasn't played in over a year, has had two straight ACL tears, and hasn't had over 537 yards in four years. The Ravens obviously feel like he's an important piece for them. They want to team him with Lamar Jackson. Assuming Lamar Jackson goes back there, which I still think is going to happen despite the trade request, we saw the photo of Odell Beckham Jr. and Lamar Jackson video chatting, so clearly there's been communication there. Odell Beckham also in that offense could potentially be the number one wide receiver. They do have Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay, but really the number one target there is the tight end Mark Andrews. He was not going to get that opportunity to be the number one wide receiver with the Jets. Clearly that is Garrett Wilson, and then it just comes down to money. Look, I am not going to fault Odell Beckham here at all. 
He is winding down his career. He already missed an entire year of pay last year. His agent did a fantastic job here getting him the most money. Apparently what happened was the Ravens heard about his visit to the Jets, got a little bit nervous, and threw that extra money at him, meeting what his supposed asking price was. Although, as we know, Odell Beckham denied that his asking price was between 15 and $20 million, although that is what he got in the end. And so a lot of people who thought it was a done deal with Odell Beckham going to the Jets, he was just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to sign or it was a formality and they were going to get this done. Doesn't happen. He ends up going to the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Justin, you're in an interesting spot because you've covered the Baltimore Ravens, you cover the Jets, and so you can see it from both sides here. As a Jets fan, honestly, I'm relieved. I didn't really want Odell Beckham here. There's just way too much baggage, and you have no idea what you're getting after those ACL tears. I said if they could get him for, say, $6, 7000000 million with incentives, I would be okay with it. But for the price that he was supposedly asking, no way. He got the price that he was reportedly asking for, and there's absolutely no way that the Jets or anybody else was going to match that, nor should they have. The Jets, I've said all along, should have been more focused on the center position because we've heard all about how they like some of the centers in this draft, but they've got to get a functional potential starter at that position. Schweitzer cannot be that guy. You heard Haley English on the show break down his grades. He was brutal at center when he was used there by Washington. He is not somebody that you want there unless it's an emergency. Connor McGovern still sitting out there. Ben Jones still sitting out there. The Jets really should have been focusing all along on getting one of those two guys as opposed to chasing Odell Beckham. But now Beckham is off the board and he goes to the Ravens. I also think it's interesting what will happen with the wide receiver position here, Justin, because they do have Corey Davis on the roster, but there have been rumors that Corey Davis could go in a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. If that happens, the Jets could go into the draft and maybe get somebody there. Now, it could be a first-round pick. I've said that if Jackson Smith Najigba, whose brother is on the Pittsburgh Pirates and yesterday scored the only run in a 1-0 victory for Pittsburgh, if Jackson Smith Najigba is on the board at number 13, there's no way I could pass him up. I just think he's too good. He would be an absolute star in the Jets' offense. You put him back together with Garrett Wilson, and you could potentially have one of the best one-two punches in the league for at least the next four years, at which point they would both be on cheap rookie deals. However, they could go tackle if there's a tackle they like at number 13. That all depends on how the board breaks. There are other ways that they could go with that 13th pick as well. But now, as far as what happens at wide receiver, clearly Corey Davis becomes far more likely to be here than he was before because they have the option to keep him if he doesn't go in the Rodgers deal and they don't see somebody they like in the draft, whether it is somebody like Jackson Smith Najigba in round one, a different receiver in round two or four. Whoever that ends up being, Corey Davis now, whereas you thought he was absolutely going to be gone if they got Odell Beckham, could potentially still be here. So a lot of moving pieces here, a lot of dominoes, but the bottom line here is a lot of people expected Odell Beckham to sign with the Jets. I think the Jets may have even expected Odell Beckham to sign with them. Didn't happen. He goes to the Ravens. One year, $15 million guaranteed, and another three in potential incentives. Yeah, it really does sound like Odell Beckham wanted to sign with the Jets. It seems like, you know, all, with all the informal meetings the Jets had with him and the the recruiting on social media, there was so much smoke around Beckham to the Jets that it, it did seem inevitable at a certain point. But ultimately, money talks, right? As does opportunity. 
And the Ravens can offer Beckham more money. They obviously did offer him more money than the Jets were willing to offer. And they could offer him more opportunity. As you mentioned, he's essentially wide receiver one in, a, in that offense. I know they have Rashad Bateman, but, you know, Beckham and, and Bateman, they're they're kind of their two wide top wide receivers. Then, you, of course, you have Mark Andrews. He's going to have a lot more opportunity for playing time and, and targets in that Ravens offense than he would with the Jets. But ultimately, I think money is is really what it came down to. The Ravens knew, like you mentioned, that that Beckham was set to visit with the Jets on Monday. So they basically gave him an offer that he would be stupid to turn down. Uh, and credit to him, like you said, credit to his his agent for getting that that deal because fifteen million for a guy who has hasn't had eleven hundred yards in in I think it's seven years or something like that uh, is coming off consecutive ACL tears in the same knee. That's an incredible deal. He got significantly more than any other receiver did on the market this offseason, and I definitely wouldn't have expected that. Uh, I would have been very happy with Odo Beckham for like you know seven, eight million max with probably some incentives uh, tied in, but the Ravens went above and beyond. And you know, I bet the Jets probably would have been able to pay like maybe 10, 11 million, which I think would have been a little high, but I bet they would have been able to go that or been willing to go that high. But I just, yeah, no one, you know, the Jets were not matching anything close to what the Ravens offered. So credit to Beckham for, get, for getting that deal. As for where the Jets go from here, uh, I do like Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think it's not super likely that they go that route, although I definitely wouldn't be upset because I do think he's a great, uh, great player. I think he's a great fit in this offense. Obviously, he has the familiarity with Garrett Wilson. I think it's more likely they still go offensive tackle. I just think that that is more of a of a pressing need but you absolutely need to add another wide receiver into this group i've been saying that since since the start essentially uh that that garrett wilson alan lazard and Nicole hardman is not a complete wide receiver room so either you keep Corey davis or you add somebody that can replace him uh they could go the whole Jamison crowder out with Corey davis where they say hey we're going to basically force you to take a pay cut or we're going to release you because you're not going to make more than what you're making now on the open market or I still think it's more likely that he is involved in that Aaron Rodgers trade. I I do think that that's the the only reason he's been kept on the roster this long. Uh, I know that you know the maybe the Jets can keep him now, but I just think at his current contract, it doesn't make a ton of sense to keep him around. But if your wide receiver room is Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Michael Hardman, uh, and Corey Davis, I think that's a good room. I think that's a solid room. You throw in a couple of good tight ends. Obviously, at Brees Hall returning, I think that's a good uh, and more than acceptable receiving core. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously that gives you now a pair of really good young wide receivers that you can build around. Really quick, I just want to talk about center because you mentioned that briefly. Um, I, I feel like, and we we, we chatted about this on Twitter briefly, uh, but I, I feel like the center market right now is just kind of in a holding pattern. I think Ben Jones and, and Connor McGovern and anyone else that's still out there is, it's been a really stagnant market. There's been, not only just has it been slow moving, but it's been cheap like I, I think the reports were that Connor McGovern went into free agency expecting some kind of multi-year deal that does not seem likely to happen at this stage I think the Jets are looking at the center position and kind of just being like we think these guys are going to be there after the draft and it does seem like that's the case maybe I'm wrong maybe they signed this week I don't know but the sense I get is that Ben Jones Connor McGovern any of the top guys in the market they're still going to be there after the draft so the Jets just kind of going to go into the draft, see what they do. Maybe they add someone like John Michael Schmitz. Maybe they add a Luke Whipler, whoever. Uh, and then after the draft, they're going to reassess and be like, do we still want to add a veteran? I, that's where I think that's at. I don't think there's a sense of urgency from either side there. I don't think the Jets are super urgent. I don't think the players that are still on the market are super urgent to sign right now. So I feel like that's why it's been slow developing with that. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Odell. I 
15 million for Odell Beckham is a crazy, crazy contract. Uh, I'm very happy the Jets didn't pay that. Still would like to address the wide receiver room in some way, but definitely weren't going to do it at this price. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Justin, on the center market, I think that what it boils down to is the Jets should do everything they can to get somebody that's a functional starter before the draft. They don't want to go into the draft with that as a pressing need. Now, they may think that those guys will be there after the draft, but anything can happen. You never know. They really should get more aggressive about getting either Ben Jones or Connor McGovern, just somebody that they know can be the starter in 2023. As far as what could happen in the first round, I think it really depends on how the board breaks. Joe Douglas likes to draft the guys based on what he perceives as value, not just the positions that he needs. And the teams that draft for quality instead of need are the smart teams. Those are the teams that tend to be more successful. You got to think more than just one year. You can't just draft for need. Now, if there's a tackle that's there that they really like at 13, different story, we'll see. If it ends up being a case where there's a tackle there that they don't think is all that much different than somebody they think they could get in the second round, then it could be a completely different story. And obviously, it depends on what they think of Jackson Smith and the Jigba and the other receivers as well. For all we know, Jackson Smith and the Jigba is not even their number one rated wide receiver, so we have no idea. That's something that we obviously won't find out until April 27th. But I will say this, Justin, there is a narrative here and there is some truth to it that Joe Douglas has had trouble closing these deals. Odell Beckham, not a guy that you and I wanted the Jets to spend big money on, but everybody thought that it was almost a fait accompli that he was coming here. Joe Douglas not only couldn't get the deal done, couldn't even get the meeting in before the Ravens jumped in and got him. Orlando Brown, I wasn't expecting the Jets to go after him, but they did apparently make an aggressive offer for him. That one, to me, is the toughest one because I know that the Bengals really stepped up with a lot of guaranteed money, but that would have been huge for the Jets to get a 29-year-old Pro Bowl tackle to bring in here and help solve that problem. And if the Jets are saying they want to try to win now, what better way to do that than to give the quarterback who we presume is going to be Aaron Rodgers, somebody like Orlando Brown in one of the tackle spots. So that would have been nice. Fletcher Cox ended up going back to the Eagles. It's where he wanted to go all along. But I suppose you can make the argument that Joe Douglas should have offered more money. And then, of course, Clayus Campbell. That's a tough one. I know he went to Atlanta. One year, $7 million. There are people that are saying that it would have been an overpay to give him more than that. I don't think so. Still a very productive player. On a one-year deal, if you're trying to win, I think that giving Clayus Campbell 8 or $9 million wasn't going to be that big of a deal. So you could quibble with which moves Douglas should or shouldn't have made, but it has been a pattern with him that he's had trouble closing these deals this offseason no different. It may end up being a blessing in disguise in some of these cases, but it is concerning when it comes to his ability to get these deals over the finish line. I think the narrative can be overblown sometimes. The, the one uh, the one signing that I do wish he made is that Calais Campbell one. Uh, I think that they absolutely should have offered more for that. You could certainly argue Orlando Brown as well, although he did get a lot of money, and I'm not I'm not the biggest Orlando Brown fan. Uh, I feel like I'm not as high on him as a lot of others. He tends to struggle sometimes with speed rushers, and he had a rough start to last year as well. I know he came on strong at the end, but I'm not a huge Orlando Brown fan, and I definitely could see that signing backfiring for Cincy. Uh, not that it's definitely going to, but I wouldn't have been pounding the table for Orlando Brown per se. Uh, the Calais Campbell one, that hurts. 
I do wish that they offered more for that. Fletcher Cox, I believe he got 10 million from Philly. So they probably would have had to go like 13 million at least to probably convince him. Cause it sounds like they, they offered more money than the Eagles, but he just wanted to return to Philly. So I get that. I, I feel like there's not too much. You could blame him for that. Cause if you're going to like 13 million territory for Fletcher Cox, that's a lot. Like that's a lot of money for him. Um, Odell Beckham, obviously we, we just went over that. I'm not blaming Joe Douglas for, for missing on that. I'm also not going to blame him for not getting him in the building because they had a visit lined up. The Ravens offered him 15 million. He calls with the jets the night before and says, Hey, are you willing to pay this much money? The jets say no. And then that's it. Like, I don't, I don't see how the jets are supposed to bring him in the building at that point, because if they're not going to pay him that money, it's a waste. And I don't, I don't think either of us could sit here and say, would be happy if the jets were willing to pay him that money. Uh, they also, they missed on Jake Brendel as well. A return to San Francisco. I wasn't even that, that high on him either. I think that Connor McGovern is better than Jake Brendel. So I wouldn't have been super high about that signing. I was surprised they were even interested. Uh, they had some misses, but the real one that only, the only one that bothers me is Calais Campbell. I think the others with context, they all make sense. And it goes beyond just like making excuses. I think realistically, I don't know if I would have rather they done anything differently in each of those situations, except for the Calais Campbell one. I would have paid Calais Campbell more money. I would have gotten him in the building at the very least and been like, hey, we'll match this or pay more. Just come visit with us and we'll figure something out. But the others, I think it's a little overblown. Like, I don't think it's it's that big of a deal because a lot of times, like a lot goes into it. It's not just, hey, uh, you know, they weren't willing to pay this or whatever. There's a lot that goes into recruiting players and, you know, I, I think just some of it's overblown and I wouldn't even have wanted a few of those players. But yeah, the Campbell one, that one stinks. I, I agree with you there. I think what it really boils down to in a lot of ways is the pattern and it's a concerning pattern, but we'll see what happens over the next couple of months and whether or not Joe Douglas can put this team together in a way that would be consistent with their ideal, which is to try and win right now. So that's something to keep your eye on both in the draft and with signings after the draft and of course the Rodgers deal and speaking of the Rodgers deal Joe Douglas the other day was at an event for WFAN he was talking to Boomer Esiason liquor was flowing and Boomer Esiason asked him in front of a crowd of very rabid partisan Jets fans whether or not the Jets were going to get Aaron Rodgers Joe Douglas said he'll be here the crowd roared I thought it was crazy that he would say that considering the fact that the deal is not actually done and then the question became, was Joe Douglas tampering? I asked around, and one person who I trust said, yes, Joe Douglas was tampering. And in fact, our friend Glenn Naughton has an article up at JetNation.com talking about this. The Packers did give the Jets permission. However, if you recall, Robert Sala did say on March 27th at the owners' meetings he couldn't talk about Rodgers because Rodgers was under contract to another team. Some have said he was just being overly cautious, but if you look at the rules, it is clear that even if permission was granted, Douglas's comments could be viewed as confirmation of a completed trade and an additional bylaw states that clubs should not disclose confidential trade discussions, which the Packers, if they wanted, could argue that rule was breached when Joe Douglas made his comments and that there's a legitimate tampering claim. The Packers are not going to do that because it doesn't really benefit them in this case 
because the Jets and Packers are still very much locked in on trying to make a deal. And all that would do is make the Jets angry and strain the potential deal. So the Packers are not going to make a tampering claim. I don't think the Jets have to worry about that. In fact, Woody Johnson said something that was also very concerning at the owners' meetings. Remember, he says he's not a patient man when he was asked about Aaron Rodgers. He shouldn't have said that either. But again, the Packers are not going to make a tampering claim. So this ultimately ends up being irrelevant. However, Rich Semini over at ESPN.com reporting that people who were saying that Joe Douglas said this because the deal has been agreed to and they just haven't announced it are incorrect. Right now, Jets and Packers are no closer than they were at the owners' meetings. And you heard Charles Robinson on the show say there are two sticking points right now. The Jets want a third-round pick back in 2025 if Aaron Rodgers leaves after one year. And the Packers want the 2024 pick to be an unprotected first rounder, not a conditional second that could become a first if, say, the Jets make the AFC Championship. The Jets are absolutely under no circumstances going to do that. You heard Charles say that he thinks it might be possible the Jets would bend on the giveback protection. I wouldn't, but Charles said he thinks they might. He also did say, though, that they will not bend on that second rounder, potentially becoming a first rounder, because when you have a guy that may only play one year, anything can happen. There's so many things that could go wrong, and the Jets don't want a chance potentially giving the Packers a top five or a top 10 pick in 2024. So that's where we're at. Joe Douglas, Friday, making the comments. I'm sure they were liquor-fueled, at least to some extent. Tampering, technically, yes. Packers not likely to make a claim, so the Jets and Joe Douglas probably don't have to worry about it. But the deal is still where we had heard it was last week when Charles Robinson was on the show, which is the sticking points are the give-back protections and the unconditional first-rounder that the Packers want that the Jets do not want to give up. Yeah, I mean, watching watching that video, uh, it does seem as, you know, maybe he had a little liquid courage or whatever in his, in his drink. He, he, it maybe was a little liquor-fueled, who knows, but... Like, should he have said it? Probably not. But ultimately, it's not going to matter. Like you said, uh, I, I said this on Twitter, too. Like, Joe Douglas could have came out wearing a Rodgers Jets jersey, and I wouldn't even have batted an eye. I would have been like, ha, that's kind of funny. Like, at this point, anything that happens with the Aaron Rodgers situation, it, we, you know, the, the the whole leverage, that the L word, whatever you want to say, it's not changing. Like, the, it's the exact same report we keep getting every couple days. Uh, that you know the two sides are are still working out uh, working out a trade like you already mentioned the the holdups are they seem to be the the 2025 give back protection based on Rogers roster stat if he, is if he plays another year uh, and the conditional first round pick in 2024 the Packers don't want that to be conditional it seems that they've moved off of pick 13 that that's no longer an issue but you know all this stuff it's it's the same stuff that's been reported for weeks now it's it's nothing has changed joe douglas coming out and saying that i it's just funny like uh, to me uh sure the packers can try and, and and charge him for for tampering they can go to league office and file a complaint but like you said they're not going to do that it doesn't really make sense for them in this situation to do that both sides just need to hammer out a deal we got what like two a little over a little under three weeks until the draft so you think it's going to happen soon. You hope it's going to happen before the draft. If it doesn't, then I'll st- I'll start to get pr- pretty annoyed if it doesn't happen until after the draft. And that, that'll be more of an issue, I think, for everyone involved. But I'm still hopeful that it'll happen before the draft. And until then... I don't think we're going to hear any reports of, of you know, every report seems to be inconsequential at this point. Um, so unless that there's something significant, Douglas going out and, and maybe drunkenly saying that Rogers is going to be a Jet. 
whatever. That's that's whatever to me. On the bright side, if the deal doesn't happen by the draft, the Jets would keep all their picks. So even though it would be annoying if this wasn't done by then, there is a bright side to it. Justin, last order of business before we run, the Jets did make a signing at the end of the week. Quentin Jefferson, defensive lineman who played for the Seahawks last year. It's funny because we thought Al Woods was going to be the defensive lineman from the Seahawks who wound up signing with the Jets. It's Quentin Jefferson. He's a pretty good pass rusher for an interior defensive lineman. Five and a half sacks last year. He had some things to say about the potential of playing with the Jets and maybe Aaron Rodgers. He told Josina Anderson, it's a great opportunity to showcase my skill set and to get back into a defense that has an attacking front. I think the sky's the limit with that group. I think we are about to take over the division. Then when you add in Aaron Rodgers and that type of offense with him leading it, you already know that that is a defensive dream. So that's what he had to say about why he signed with the Jets. Another player who's just assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to play with the Jets next year. Pretty safe assumption at this point, but as we know, until the deal's done, anything can happen. And then Al Woods, who did meet with the Jets on Thursday, hasn't signed anywhere yet. It would be interesting if the Jets could pull that off because they did need a pass-rushing defensive lineman. They did need a run-stuffing defensive lineman. Jefferson is the pass-rushing defensive lineman. If they could get Woods, then they would have both of the pieces that they need on that defensive line. So we're still waiting to see what Woods does, but adding Quentin Jefferson will certainly help. Definitely. And I, I like that Quentin Jefferson signing. I, I would have preferred a more traditional, you know, one tech run stuffer, but it does sound like the Jets are still interested in potentially adding one, maybe in Al Woods, maybe in someone like Ashawn Robinson. And I think that would really complete that defensive tackle room. But yeah, like you mentioned, Quentin Jefferson's a very good pass rusher, a very efficient pass rusher, probably a lot better than a lot of people realize. And two years ago, 2021, he was he had 50 total pressures. That was top 10 in the NFL amongst interior defensive linemen. I was doing my research once they signed him that was ahead of guys like DeForest Buckner, Deron Payne, Leonard Williams, Fletcher Cox like he was he was a very efficient pass rusher and he also played fewer snaps than all of those guys as well. He was a productive pass rusher as well last year too. I believe he finished I think it was like top 20, top 15 uh in pressures again ahead of guys like Leonard Williams, Christian Wilkins, Ed Oliver, uh, even Aaron Donald and he played fewer snaps than all of those guys. I know Donald missed some time too, some time too, but Quentin Jefferson had more pressures than Aaron Donald in fewer pass rush snaps. Um so I, I think he's a much better pass rusher than the market really gave him credit for, and a lot of people gave him credit for. Uh, he is a bit of a liability in run defense, which is why, again, I really want the Jets to add a more traditional run stuffer, whether it's an Al Woods, a Sean Robinson, maybe you can add someone in the draft. But if you say sign Al Woods, you had both of those Seahawks defensive tackles, you pair it with Quinton Williams and Solomon Thomas, you've now turned a position that was really a weakness a few days ago, a week ago, whatever, into a, a, a legitimate strength. That's a really deep defensive tackle group. Throw in guys like Tron Franklin Myers, who can move inside, Michael Clemens. That's a really good defensive line, uh, as long as hopefully you get some 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 star power on the edge, essentially. Um, but I, I think that the Quentin Jefferson signing is a good move for the Jets. I'm very happy they made it uh, and definitely fills a, a major need for them. Justin Freed, managing editor of the Jet Press. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about all the news surrounding the New York Jets, including the breaking news of Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Baltimore Ravens. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing over at the Jet Press, listen to your podcast, follow you on social media. How can they do all that? 
Sure. Yeah, you can follow me, uh, my personal Twitter at Justin T. Freed. You can follow the Jet Press on Twitter at the Jet Press. Of course, read all of our articles at thejetpress.com. You can listen to the podcast that Scott just mentioned. Uh, it's just the Jet Press podcast. Pretty simple. You can find us on YouTube, find us on Spotify, all, you know, wherever you get your podcast, essentially. But, you know, any anywhere the Jet Press name is, that's our content I'll follow. Make sure you check out everything Justin's doing over at the Jet Press and follow him on Twitter. And make sure you're checking out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some awesome all 22 breakdowns, including the two newest Jet wide receivers, Mecole Hardman and Alan Lazard. You will not get an all 22 breakdown of Odell Beckham Jr. because he signed with the Ravens. So if you want to see that, you can probably go to our friend Ken McCusick, who I'm sure is going to do an all-22 breakdown because he's a Ravens guy. No use for Odell Beckham now as a Jets fan. Certainly don't need to see his tape, but watch the tape of the receivers they did get. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. And of course, subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.